everyone, and welcome to the Transform Your Confidence Show. This is a show about holistic leadership and advocacy, and I'm your host, Raj Gurn. Here's a bit about me. I'm a longtime serial entrepreneur who specializes in mindset, branding, media, communications, and marketing, and I firmly believe that great leadership and advocacy is predicated on the mission that everyone must benefit across the entire food chain. I'm an award-winning C-suite entrepreneur who has worked in the media and event space for the past 20 years with many Fortune 500, celebrity, and thought leader clients from around the world. At this point in my life, I seek to share my many insights and resources with anyone who wants to learn about holistic leadership and advocacy in a newly launched online community at the openchessconfidenceacademy.com where I've mandated my entire organization to provide products and services that center around knowledge, action and accountability. My goal with this show is to pull back the curtain, I mean way back, to bring you insider knowledge and resources on how today's change makers are leading with intention and creating meaningful environments that serve everyone. I also want to help you reimagine what your life could be if you had a constant view from the top of the mountain. I believe that in order to get there and stay there, you need to learn from those who have a constant and unobstructed view of Nirvana. These are not just the usual suspects, but the ones that sit in the middle of the volcano as the lava explodes through the top of the mountain. They are the crazy ones who change the world, and they are the ones that I want you to meet. Are you ready? Let's go. Hi guys, thanks for tuning in to another great episode of the Transform Your Confidence show. Are you weary about the hypersensitive social culture that we live in today, where any type of political incorrectness can have grave effects on your brand? Then you know that one of the most important parts of what you do is how you dial your content strategy in to support strong brand image and loyalty. In this week's theme of branding and marketing, part two of my two-part series is entitled The Power of Content Strategy to Brand and Market Your Business for Success. My guest is one of Canada's preeminent thought leaders in content strategy, Mohit Rajans, and here's what we cover in part two. We talk about the most commonly used content strategies that brands should be using to stand out in today's content overload culture. We break down the connection between brand loyalty, content strategy, market conversion, and sales. I asked Mohit if there's a difference in content strategy when starting a brand from scratch to pivoting an existing one to get market share. Then we close off by discussing the relationship between how the core values of market segments and niche branding require focused content strategy to drive company success consistently towards the bottom line. Here's a bit about Mohit before I bring him on. He's a seasoned media professional who has produced, interviewed, and hosted big-name personalities and worked with major media companies like Rogers Communications and Cineplex Digital. His recent book, 
Rethinking Your Content reached number one on Amazon.ca, and he has been recognized by the Real World Film Festival with the Trailblazer Award. He owns one of Canada's longest-running movie blogs called MohitMovies.com and is launching an interview series about fatherhood this fall at DadSpotting.com. Here's part two of my conversation with Mohit Rajans. Can you share an example of where brand, um, you know, you, but any brand used marketing content really well to convert audiences or to kind of hold, you know, their attention? Yeah, I was really impressed with Joanna Griffith's uh, campaign with Nixware. Nixware is a Canadian company, um, and I followed her. I, you know, she used to be in PR and, uh, a very interesting story about how she realized that so many, uh, People who wore female undergarments uh, weren't able to to find the same comfort level uh, based on certain situations. I'm paraphrasing. I'm, I'm doing. If she hears this, she's going to be like, "That's not the story. <laughs> you're not my <laughs> you're not my communications guy." But no, I was because you know the paid and the editorial was complimented. She told her story about finding the company. She's a young mother as well, and a, her mom entrepreneurial mompreneurial thing became a part of the story. Mm-hmm. And then you know she's on buses and billboards in New York City as a result of seeing the the demand grow. And I really thought that she went at this with uh, less, this is lingerie, this is this, this is comfort, this is old, old people, whatever. She was very clear and concise. This is for this. This is, it's, it's a premium brand. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not, you know, something you pick up at Costco necessarily. Yeah. So, um, so, so do you think that had a lot to do with um, her, content marketing strategy being on point, being clear and simple and, and highly targeted. And timely. And right? timely. Yeah. So now you're talking about products that are furthering the conversation about things like, why is there this discrepancy? Why don't we mm-hmm. care about this stuff? Why is the innovation happening here and not here? Um, and starting to see that more and more as we see industries starting to get deconstructed. That's the other thing that we should sort of refer to is that no longer are you making content in a vacuum just to hope that people are are going to be able to connect with it. There's feasible ways for you to carve out your voice, create an audience for yourself, get patronage and sell directly to them without even leaving the confines of what you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And if you realize that your digital footprint matters and that you have the ability to utilize these tools in a way then it's really up to you about what you want to invest in it. It's not really up to anybody else. You know, you're going to hear a lot of no's from people, but that doesn't mean you can't go back to your, your, your workstation, whatever it is and continue to work at what it is that you want to, to see in fruition. Right. And that's the beauty about digital. I think that's the thing. I think you really kind of, you know, hit on a key thing that I really want everyone to take away with them. And that is, you know, the thing about branding is, is be, you know, be clear on what your story is. If you're a founder and how is that story connected to the product and how, and how does all of that fit into what people are looking for today? You know, what their value system is. And that's the other thing. Um, there are so many different, and we, um, we finished talking about this, Mohit. There are so many different value systems based on age, gender, you know, socioeconomic 
um, upbringing and so many other things that have always been there, but have never been recognized until social media and the digital footprint came into play, where all of a sudden everyone is able to stand up on their own soapbox and say, this is who I am and this is what I believe in. And all of a sudden, people like them start to find them and people get their own ecosystems, they get their own tribes, right? And the whole world may not know who they are, but they have a huge following on a specific platform. Now, this is something also extremely new um, to the way that marketing is done and the way that we, you know, reach out to the consumer. And again, I'm, you know, I'm going to make the point again, why branding in business success is absolutely crucial today. And for anyone out there who doesn't understand what branding is, branding is how you connect, you know, your, your, your story and your product to the consumer that you feel is the consumer that would want this, right? How do you create that story? And the story is created in layers, right? You know, the colors you use, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the languaging you use, the right. tone that you And it you goes use. back to the messaging idea that we're talking about, right? Absolutely, right? Yeah. So, so with that said, who does it, who would you say that you've seen does the marketing content piece really badly or you've seen has done it badly and there's been consequences because of it? And, 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 well, and, we're, and, and we're talking about, you know, advertising, I guess, is, is, is where I'm. Yeah. Where I'm focusing on this. Because I don't want to get sued, I'm not going to call (laughs) out one specific company, but I will tell you one thing that I don't find, I I find completely um, odd Mm -hmm. is that there are companies that spend so much money on digital advertising, but they don't know where their pre-rolls and their, their advertising is going. And Mm -hmm. I find that really odd that you would spend this much time. I mean, if, if Wix realized or a company realized just how annoying their ads are starting to be, that's counterintuitive to me yeah. wanting and caring about um, the product. So I think what we're going to see in the near future is definitely a, a micro-targeting of ads so that you have more control of how your branding is, is being used. Um, it's tough, right? Remember, you're talking about four different companies, including Amazon and Google, that are now... Um, struggling to show people that privacy and filtering and and all of those things are at the center of the user experience well that takes away from the advertising experience Mm -hmm. so so i don't want to necessarily say that i've seen a lot of marketing fumbles but i what i do think is that from an ad and ad tech and ad buying standpoint i don't think everybody's 100 percent sure where their stuff is going yet and that's Mm. that's got to be fixed because there's going to be some brand liability involved with association like imagine your ad runs before like a crime video, right? Mm-hmm. They're doing a lot to 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 avoid that sort of stuff. But I think we're also in a situation where it's almost impossible. To, like We're not humans touching every single piece of YouTube video or every uh, Facebook post that comes up. So the post-moderated world is mm-hmm. very dangerous for a, um, a marketing expert. And mm-hmm. so... I hope that because some of, of all tech- the algorithms, right? All the algorithms, yeah. programmatic, programmatic ads. You, you, you know, you go somewhere, and all of a sudden, it follows you all over the internet wherever you go. Well, you, and then we have new privacy com- uh, things coming up. Sorry, I should very, very quickly mention that. Yes, um, Apple, Apple is about to introduce an update to their iOS, which will prevent uh, Facebook pixels from being able to track you um, in your customer journey. Uh, there are other. Haven't, haven't they already done that? Has, hasn't that been rolled so, out just recently? The 
the iOS 14 has been rolled out. The mm-hmm. actual feature that prohibits certain social media tracking, etc., is a is is a slow roll from what I've heard. Like it's not a it's not a switch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's to give people like my clients Facebook ad um, uh, uh, time to uh, make adjustments so that um, because Facebook's going to take a hit from this, right? Their mm-hmm. advertising revenue will automatically drop. They are, they are an automation king, right? So it's clear whether people have hit on something or not. There's no mm. hiding from it. So unfortunately, this is the reverse problem where all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, we're not going to have access to all these users anymore. So now we have to make sure that we show that value. Um, the reason I got into that, I don't remember. Oh, yeah, the privacy stuff. And then, mm-hmm. of course, Google's doing the same thing where Google wants – Google's actually – it's interesting with content. Google really wants to figure out a way for you to just live in their house between YouTube and Google Shopping and their actual search thing mm-hmm. they, and AdWords. They want you to create content within their sphere, sell there as well, be found there and all of that stuff. And um, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to do that because, you know, companies like Shopify don't want to play ball with them. They want mm-hmm. them to be independent. So I don't know if I answered your, your question, but I definitely wanted to make sure that I threw those points out. Well, I think that what you did is you kind of expanded on it and, and, and brought up a number of really relevant points that people need to think about when they go to market digital when they go to market digitally speaking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you this. What would you say are the top three ways you feel content strategy, be it editorial or marketing centric, can be used by brands to connect with their ideal client? Like what, just give me three that you think everybody should know about that's going to market. Yeah. One thing is um, focus less on content strategy and more on platform strategy. So, it's now time for you to stop thinking that um, one piece of good content works everywhere. It's now st- now you have to show the respect for the companies that are being built around you and uh, understand you can get a lot of success out of drilling down on one thing, or you can get a lot of success out of using that same content in multiple ways. But don't use the same content the same way everywhere you go. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. If they built something that was supposed to be pressed with one button and go everywhere, then they would right by now that that technology exists and that technology and conversion would have been amazing because everyone would have been successful that's not what's happening Mm -hmm. the second thing i'd like i'd like to mention i've mentioned this before is you got to know where your audience is if you are a yoga instructor and you have a three kilometer radius of people that you want as your client base you don't need to be advertising vancouver your content doesn't need to be seen in taiwan So Mm -hmm. I think that we're now at a place where we have to be very clear about where your audience really is and how that audience is functioned based on whatever your content strategy is. And three, and I've said this before, your growth only comes from being curious. You have to constantly find out what's keeping people interested. I I deal uh, right now on beta testing on social audio spaces. And at first I was like, eh. And then I got super into it because I realized, oh, this is thought leadership right now because nobody else is sharing thought leadership and Mm. podcasts are there and it's wonderful but it's specific your audience will find it and discovery is a little bit iffy right now in podcasting so that's why i'm in audio spaces right now looking for that inspiration but i've done that every single like i've done that when facebook started i've done that when friendster started when myspace started that curiosity will continue to fuel people like yourself and myself to constantly be innovative And I think Mm -hmm. that's the key here is that nobody wants you to fail at content strategy. People want you to continue to innovate so that we do have a say. We're not going to be able to put our hands up in five years and say, hey, what about us? Why didn't we get to do this? And five years are going to be like, 
you've had 15, 20 years of this no holds barred. You made the rules and you didn't figure it out then. Like, you know what I mean? So I think that it's very important for us to stop being, um, stop asking for so much permission and start taking, Hey, I'm victim of it too. Oftentimes people will say to me, um, not people, but you know, when I'm speaking to potential clients, they're like, so what is your sell here? Right? Like, what are you selling? And et cetera. And I know the type of work I want to do. And unfortunately, with the type of work that I want to do isn't in a direct sell. It is mm-hmm. in a relationship, in a project that we work on together, in advice that I can give you, workshops that we can do together. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important right now for people to also uh, encourage that curiosity and skilling up is a big part of that. Absolutely. You know, a lot of, um, you know, great, wisdom here. Um, clearly, you are a thought leader, um, Mohit, because your trajectory is always thinking about what's happening next. And I think that that's the great value that you bring to a conversation like this is, you know, today's already happened, right? right. And, we, you know, and I do believe that you can learn from um, yesterday. I do believe that if you're thinking about doing something today, you're all, or you're already maybe too late. I do agree with your, you, you, you know, your idea behind that. So let me ask you this then. For those who still don't quite understand the connection between content, brand strategy, market conversion, and sales, can you break it down using a simple example for them? Well, I mean, I mean, is there, I mean, it's, it's not a simple question. It's not. And you know what? Here's the worst part about what you're saying is that mm-hmm. you're actually getting into something that we haven't spoken about yet, which is a little bit of a misnomer. And that's Mark, uh, Martech, right? Mm-hmm. And marketing technology. I think that we're not, um, we're not doing enough right now to speak about the fact that we think we're smart and the creative is super and things are great, but a lot of this is automated around us. And, so we are in a situation now where learning marketing technology is probably the best, the most beneficial way for you to be able to stop and say you can see that cycle happen from concept to commerce, mm-hmm. right? And so um, uh, the only thing I w- would recommend with reference to that is just understand that there's a way of the world that's happening, get familiar with it, and don't assume that it's going to be about whether something hit or didn't hit. In some cases... Look, I, I'm on one email chain right now with a, a lady um, a consultant, and I could tell she hasn't written one of those emails herself. She's given me, you know, she's not like you where she hasn't put the thought into it that she, you know, I know you labor over your stuff. You want to make sure it's great. You don't want to see one error in it. She's not like that. She's got, mm-hmm. she's got whatever's happening. I guarantee she doesn't even know it's happening. You know, in the way it's coming into my inbox. But that's marketing, right? Email Mm -hmm. marketing is a huge, huge way to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have to be a little bit less. What is, what is the big and more again, know the audience? Where is it? Your mom blogger audience is in your newsletters and therefore email addresses at two to three thousand a piece makes that audience for you. You don't need to be the mom blogger on city TV at that point, right? Mm -hmm. You can be fine and fed in that situation. Um, it's funny because what, there's a, a, a lady I, from Mississippi who uh, I chat with on these chat groups once I, uh, as consultants. And she's, you know, like, she would always say, um, being booked, uh, you're, you look booked and blessed is what he, it's like, <laughs> you, you, as a consultant, you, you know, you, you always want to have that aura of the fact that you're, you're, you're booked and, you know, you, you're, you're extremely humble about that. And I think one of the things that I'm extremely excited about based on what you said is that 
finally, some of the stuff that I've been able to speak about for years are starting to make sense to people because the uh, the adoption has happened, the digital mm-hmm. acceleration has happened. So mm-hmm. I just hope we can end up having great conversations like this in the future, in the near future, where we're moving that needle. Because we have to be the people that encourage the leadership. There's so many great people that are just a little bit afraid because of what's happened in the past, just a little bit afraid to amp, like be a little bit bold, that imposter syndrome thing that, no, I did do something. You know, How many people do you and I know that have had a successful exit from a company or should be on a stage somewhere speaking or might have that story that they should tell, but they're afraid to because they don't mm-hmm. know where they fit into the media mosaic. Those Absolutely. days are done. Those days are done. You know, there's um, two things that you hit upon that I'd like to just quickly uh, touch upon, Mohit. One is, you know, how you mentioned that you can tell when a person isn't really in touch with the communications they're putting out there. For example, the consultant that you received emails from that she probably didn't even write her emails. Right. And, and, and so I feel that this is coming from, um, you know, and, and the reason why it's an important point to make is, you know, anyone out there that is looking to kind of start their journey with the business and they're looking at the digital footprint, which you have no choice to do today. Um, there's, there's always been this kind of thing that people have talked about, which I completely think is a myth and I, I don't believe in it. And that is that, you know, um, you shouldn't micromanage, right? I mean, this has been the whole thing that our generation, Mohit, has been okay. taught that you shouldn't micromanage because you should put the right people in the right um, jobs. You know, we've all heard this in my generation. Oh, you and mean it, people? You shouldn't yeah. micromanage people? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, right. Like you should, like that, you know, I, I, your business, your business, your business should be micromanaged is what I believe in. I do believe, right, that you put the right people who are better than you in the right jobs, right? Um, but if you don't know what's going on in every layer and every step of the process of your business and you're the CEO or the founder or the person that owns a company and you're relying that somebody else actually always knows what you, what you want to have happen, I feel that's a big mistake and it's a, it's a mistake that a lot of people make when they are going to market for the first time with the product. And this example of the consultant, um, is, is one of those examples. She probably hired someone to put together her emails, just like you hire someone to do right. other parts of your business. Sure. And because you know, this is what they do for a living, you think that they just are going to get it right. And they right. are probably brilliant at what they do, but they're not brilliant at knowing you. They're not right. brilliant at knowing how you function, how you speak, how you relate to people, how you communicate with people and what it, and, 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 and what the value proposition is that you want from that exchange. So right. I do feel that there needs to be a lot more micromanaging happening across your company's food chain to ensure that the consistency of what's going on is in fact what you're, what you sitting at the top are, is wanting to happen. And, 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 and I yeah, really, that's interesting. Yeah. So think about that for, I mean, this is a whole other discussion that you and I can have. So, you know, you're coming back on just to have <laughs> that discussion, but, <laughs> but you know, there's, there's a lot of myths out there that I feel really do need to be busted. And I feel that's one of them. If you're the one, if your neck is on, you know, is is on the line, right? If it's your money that's being invested in this product or service or whatever it is that you're doing, and you're the one that's got the most to lose, why are you putting everything in the hands of someone else and hope that they can get it right just because they happen to be doing this for other people? 
because they don't know your audience as well as you do. They don't know your value proposition as well as you do. And even though they may have the tactical skills, Mm -hmm. right, they still need the massaging that comes from you because you're the one that's got everything to lose. Yeah. I think that one of the things, though, that we're, we have to be careful in, in reiterating with people is that um, there's a difference between personal brand and branding, right? So if yes. you've got a product you're bringing to market, it's a, it's a, you know, you've got a supply chain that factors into all everything that we're talking about. But when you're putting yourself out there and it's your business and it's multiple layers of your own business, yes, you're 100% right in, the, in that approach. In fact, I think that one of the th- the way the pendulum swings the other way now is that somebody like yourself benefits way more because of that personalization involved than somebody like the consultant we're referring to because they might think they're personalizing, but they're personalizing from three, four years ago in an automated mm-hmm. newsletter format that doesn't hit the right tone. So if we go back to the original... that used to be the case, like Mohit. That used to be, that used to work then because it was new and you yeah. felt like, oh, this person right. is, there's touch points happening. But now we're living in a world where that touch point isn't good enough. It's not enough. It's the messages again, right? It's yeah. the way that it, they are received, how you're being able to connect. But you know what? Let's also not forget the fact that in that personalization comes an enormous opportunity to find new audiences. Yes. And so that's one of the things that we can't get too down about here is that, well, we can talk about semantics and how people approach one thing over the other. The beauty about all of this is that there's nothing but audiences to be found. I've connected with so many people in the past six months that I would have never thought that I could have a connection with. And it's only because of content. It's only because mm. of what I've been able to do have great conversations like this, etc. So um, just understand that the, whatever tools that we're referring to, both positive and negative, both soul sucking in completely, um, uh, you know, catapulting your career, the best part is there's nothing but audience to be had. People are way more digitally savvy than they were in the past mm-hmm. or content savvy. And, and, and there's audiences are growing and changing. Look, yeah, this next generation is going to be of no race of no mm-hmm. gender of no you know and you know of not and it's we have to capitalize on being voices in that and making sure that they don't get stuck in the same situations that we got in which was uncertainty do we have a voice do we have visibility do we have ad uh, buying power do you know that it wasn't well you know this but up until a decade ago some um geographic and buying information for minority groups wasn't even available right yeah. it wasn't even being calculated yeah. so i think that's where we're going to move this digital footprint into a place where we're here right mm-hmm. and where a bunch mm-hmm. of us are multifaceted and we're able to contribute at a level as a result of the experience that we have. And this is the thing, right, Mohit? Uh, it, it, to me, digital is the greatest thing that ever happened to the possibility and the opportunity to be heard and to get equalization um, out there. I, I don't think there's ever been a time when we're more poised or positioned for something like that to be a real possibility. And social media alone has changed the game in the way we consume content, the way that we consider content, the way that we have opinions about society, the way that we will not accept certain things, right? You can't push it under the rug anymore because people get called out all the time. And, you know, so there's positive and negative in everything. You and I know this, everybody Mm -hmm. knows this, there always is. And I think that that's the thing, right? You have to kind of weigh that stuff up. And coming back to the top of the conversation, you know, when you look at editorial, you look at, you know, marketing, and, and, and you think about, you know, the content strategy around 
these two. Obviously, there's going to be pros and cons because of how complicated it is. And there's so many minutia layers associated with how you can go to market, whether you decide, you know, I'm going to stay in LinkedIn because the kind of client I want is there. So I don't need to be everywhere. Or if you decide, I feel I need to be everywhere because the big brands are everywhere. That's another myth people make a mistake on. The brands are everywhere because they've got the dollar to be seen everywhere. Sure. Right. And, and my thing is, is that find where you need to be based on what it is you're putting out there and mm-hmm. taking the time to understand, you know, what your client avatar actually is. Cause your branding game needs to speak to them and, and your marketing game needs to go where they are. Right. Like gone are the days where you, you build it and they will come. Yes. Gone are it's those true. days. Like the, we, we're living in a world now where, where are they is where you right. need to be. Yeah. You build it and then you got to tell people about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so is there a difference, Mohit, in the process between starting a brand from scratch to pivoting an existing one and when it comes to content strategy to market a brand to get market share? I mean, I, I know yeah. it's another open-ended question, but who can I have these conversations with <laughs> other than you? <laughs> um, I think more so what I would like to drill down on with that is the idea of what, uh, you know, there's no misnomer around what the idea of a pivot is and that you should always be uh, uh, testing. I, I tell people often that 75% of your paid advertising budget, especially in digital, mm-hmm. should be for that for that paid but you should save 25% of it for experimenting and that um, the idea of pivoting should be a little bit more practical in the idea that you should be a B testing things and you should try different ad formulas and you should try different um, you should try selling on different types of ad platforms as well mm-hmm. that's the sort of innovation that we need now we can't be afraid that if we you know poured $250 in an advertising campaign on Facebook and it didn't work that it's never going to work again that pivot that we're talking about has to be a little bit more practical in the tools that we're using to stop and say, okay, this doesn't work here, or this works in five, 10 minute segments, right? And not one fifty minute, whatever the case is. And you should, and don't, the other thing I always try to reiterate with people, don't be afraid to repurpose your content. Just mm-hmm. because your content was one thing in one place, it doesn't mean, in fact, I'll be honest with you, Raj, what I, one of the things I'm trying to do right now is with, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I have things that I'd like to do, of, like a host, et cetera, et cetera. But I've been a little reluctant just because I've been very fortunate in some of the stuff that I've been doing recently. But now I'm starting to realize that when I do what I'm going to do, my content's never going to be one place for one thing. I'm going to mm-hmm. figure out a way those that it's going to be multiple things. So it can be a, a conversation about digital transformation one second and it can be about the movies that the person has been in the next right mm-hmm. um, I think that's where we have to start to think a little bit more about a wider range and you're a perfect person for that I mean you you've shown that content is king especially in establishing connection and I think that it's important for you know when you go into your archive you're going to start to be able to be like you know what I've got more stories here I've got mm-hmm. more interesting perspectives that I can bring to the table what else can we do and that's what I'm excited about mm-hmm. because I think that there's a uh, a gap there as well and some of the stuff that even people like yourself were able to do for years and uh you know what is the relevance now is there and how does it work don't be afraid to to revisit some of the, that content especially considering how much hard work you put into it you know I not love just that. you not just you but you're talking people. about anyone out there right yeah. like you know everything's about context 
right? I mean, you yeah. may you may have, for example, interviewed someone on a certain context, but there was a nugget of wisdom that you can pull out of there that is relevant to a context that you're trying to talk about to your audience today. That's basically get, what you're talking about. Yeah. Let me give you one great example just yeah. from you alone. Yeah. You have probably interviewed in the past decade most South Asian female celebrities in the world. Okay. Imagine the changing conversation that that represents in the next five years when female leadership empowerment is a mandate across the board. Mm -hmm. Now, you don't need to exploit that. But if you went and created an editorial or a series out of pulling that together, now you've got other ways that you're using your content that are way more clear to your brand, right? Mm -hmm. That are like not way more clear, but um, cohesive to your brand because you've done it. Right. Mm -hmm. That's your leadership. This is what I've learned from other female leaders. And this is what you're going to learn along the way. Mm -hmm. I didn't go and speak to them right now because they're of the moment. I spoke to them when they were at their prime and trying to figure it out when they made mm -hmm. their first film. And I remember when Frida Pinto said to me, blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, we had this conversation about the importance of X, Y, and Z and look at her now. Yeah. That's the type of stuff I'm looking forward to because I think that there's really some value in uh, bringing some of that to surface. But now we're talking about content strategy. So um, we're probably going a little bit too uh, deep into a one-on-one -on -one conversation now. Well, let's, let's, let's bring it back around for um, everyone, Mohit, as we get ready to close off. Let me ask you a couple of closing questions and hopefully sure. that will bring us back around to, um, you know, closing this off succinctly. So... One question that I really want to ask you and get your perspective on is that we live in a very aware world today. We've just finished talking about a lot of that um, due to easy access to content, right? Duly, as individuals, we have become far more aware today of our personal core values and those of others than ever before, right? But we used to be fed what our values need to be. And we had to somehow figure out how to fit into that box, whether we did or not. That was kind of the days of our parents' generation, right? Um, now, that it's almost like things have flipped around where the awareness and the accessibility to content being so easy helps us to be able to find other people like us, therefore almost you know, authenticating or legitimizing that we're allowed to be the individual that we are with the core values that we have, as well as recognizing that other people also have a very diverse range of values that maybe aren't something that we resonate with. Mm -hmm. With all that said and done, this has elevated the importance of the role of branding to become one of the most important aspects of driving company success to the bottom line, because if they don't get that piece right, people are not going to be loyal to their brand. And without loyalty and converting people with your brand messaging, right, um, it's very difficult to sustain the growth of your company. I want your comment on that. Well, I mean... Um from a, a purely academic standpoint, I think that you start to see the success stories of brands um, uh, not falter uh, through through the years. You know, the, they've got the decade run. Uh, they've got you know decades of runs that you a conversation between you and I and dissecting how it's ended up working will never be able to give it the respect it deserves. Mm -hmm. But from a personal standpoint, I think what you're really hitting on here right now is that there are too many places to falter. Right. And there are too many places for your brand to get it wrong. 
So rather than sort of look at it as this, you know, put this backpack on and make sure branding never gets screwed up at my company, I think what we have to look at it as where are the pitfalls for us not being able to get it right. And from that, we're working into a place where positive is only being built towards, right? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we're still slightly in a situation where we're trying to clean up a little bit of a mess. There's still corporations that are going back and deleting old posts as a result of saying, mm, this was a funny joke in 2013, and it's not funny anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, I just don't think we're at a pace yet where we're able to sort of take a statement or a question like what you just said, and stop and say, look at X, like this ended up happening and look at Y. Instead, I think we've got to all go into our sheds right now as uh, brands and people and stuff and stuff and say, what are we really not, what if we have not fixed yet? Mm -hmm. What is not clean? What is not clear? Right? What is not, what have we not? Um, um, and remember, the one thing we have to remind ourselves, Raj, is that none of these platforms, these media companies or anything, none of them owe us anything. There's no freestanding thing where it's some community government based organization where we pay our no, we don't pay. Like, so we have to remember that whatever it is that we're trying to do from brand or content perspective, that every platform that we're working on could be gone tomorrow for whatever reason. Yeah. And so we have to come back to what our personal asset kit is, what we keep in our own folder, the one that says Raj on the desktop. That's really the only thing that you end up keeping with you. So don't get lost in any sort of platform thing that makes you stop and say, well, if it doesn't work this way, it's never going to work at all. Instead, go back to how that content brand and messaging becomes more important and aligned with yourself. Wow. You know, um, I think that's a great place to finish off because I feel that you've, you know, really rounded things off beautifully for people, Mohit. So any final words that you want to share with people to you know, if there's anyone out there that still quite doesn't understand the importance of content strategy, uh, the difference between the editorial component versus the advertising component um, in terms of driving brand loyalty, what would you say to them? I, I mean, start from the beginning of this episode and listen to me. <laughs> 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 um I, you know what Raj we yes. touched on so many interesting topics here that I, I would you know there are so many things to dissect within it and I think that the beauty about even starting a conversation with somebody like yourself is that you haven't even been given the mic properly to um do a full audit of how your wealth of experience really is you know you've given me this this stage and we're having a great conversation but you're a living example of where some great achievements can come from even making mistakes so mm -hmm. let's you know let's continue to not make this a it has to be a formal thing each time i think that if you continue to further the conversation i'll be there to further it with you I uh, here, here, sweetheart. And I look forward to the next time that you and I have a conversation together. But, you know, I want to leave people with um, somewhere to go to be able to get a little bit sure. more information about you. Can you um, tell people about this fabulous book that you have out on the market that I think is a good place for them to go to kind of further understand your perspective as a thought leader around the content piece? Sure. Uh, you're better off getting it as an ebook. I will warn people. And the reason I say that to people is because it's heavily linked inside of the ebook. So in referring it, uh, I caution people that 
Um, you wouldn't buy a fitness book these days, a hard copy of a fitness book, because you'd have to keep putting it down to do your push-ups, right? Mm-hmm. And so in the same way, um, it's called Rethinking Your Content is the name of the book. It's available everywhere. I've been super fortunate to have some luck with it. And um, I am I basically am preaching a very simple thing. It's that we have to start thinking of our, the time that we invest in our content. We have to start considering that as our assets. And where does it live best? And how does it live best in a world that you're trying to create? And uh, I've been lucky because it's hitting the right, um, it's hitting some right nerves. But more so, I'm at thinkstart.ca. If you're ever looking to have a conversation about, I guess, the pivot or what the future digital footprint can be for you or how you're going to tackle a new platform, let's chat. Um, I'd be happy to. It's an exciting time right now, especially if you're looking into getting newer platform into newer platforms in the next 18 months. I'd be happy to guide you through some stuff that's happening. That's wonderful. So if a person is to, um, you know, hit you up to consult with you, is there a specific email or somewhere they can go for that? Everywhere is at uh, thinkstart.ca is the best. LinkedIn or thinkstart.ca. If you can remember how to spell my name, which most people can't, then you can check me out on LinkedIn. But if not, um, the website's great. Google me and you'll find me. I'm the most findable person. I had a uh, a famous-ish person to say to me, wow, you're the most Google-ish. I mean, you're the most findable person I, I've uh, had to find in a really long time. I was like, yeah, I guess that's so. But it's because I want to be found by good people doing good things. Oh, I love that. I love, love, love everything about what you just said. Thank you so much, sweetheart, for coming on and kind of opening people's minds to, you know, the possibility that we're only really limited by us not going out there and having the conversations and, you know, getting the information. It is out there. It's a, it, it's a case of kind of, you know, finding it and sitting with it and deciphering it and consistently continuing with the conversation around it because only if you participate in it are you in it, really. Right. And don't be afraid to make mistakes because uh, that growth is only going to come from it in that process. And, and I am a testament to that. I've made many, many mistakes. And along the way, I feel that I have more advice than, you know, many people out there in the things that I've, I, I've done because I've done a lot of things that, mm-hmm. you know, didn't really have a roadmap, didn't have kind of a template to follow. I kind of had to figure it out, um, along the way. So I can't, you know, I, Mohit, and, and it's similar to, you know, your journey as well in media, right? Um, we didn't really have a roadmap per se for people like you and I that weren't really the people that would normally do some of the things that we've done. So I feel that, you know, from my perspective, that I like to learn more from people who have made a million mistakes than people who haven't made any. Because they, and, and the reason is, and, and I'm talking about myself in, in, in that perspective, the reason is, is that I know how to problem solve and find a solution around what you're dealing with. Right. And people that haven't failed don't know how to do that. And I feel that's the most valuable thing that you can ever learn from a coach, a consultant, or a mentor. Hmm. Yeah, it's true. And I, and I hope that people continue to understand the value of that because uh, that's going to be the key to success there. But I do, um, I do I want to say goodbye to you as well. Um, yes. Um, and I appreciate it. Thank you so much for, uh, for having me on this. And please make sure that your audience understands that that value uh, is reciprocated and understanding that your support for me uh, in, in um, you know, whatever it is that I bring to you, you will always be an ear. And I think that that's a very important leadership skill. 
to learn uh, to, for your audience is that uh, Raj's ability to listen has really been a key factor in her success. And so that curiosity, that listening, et cetera, will help most of you transform your confidence as well. So I look forward to hearing more about successful uh, people who have been able to go through these programs. Thank you so much, Mohit. I really appreciate everything that you've brought to the table. And I can't wait till the next time that you, you and I have another conversation. Great. Take care of yourself. Stay safe, everybody. You too. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for staying till the end, guys. I really hope you enjoyed the show and will action the many insights that were shared. At the crux of this very complex discussion about content strategy and how to dial it in is the notion of understanding your brand intimately. If this is something that you're not fully sure you have dialed in, then I invite you to register for my free branding masterclass that I'm launching on Monday, April the 26th for two weeks. You can hop over to my website at theopenchessconfidenceacademy.com and click on the top banner that gives you access to register for free. I'm confident that attending this will change the way you look at branding because I've seen how it has changed the trajectory of brands that have incorporated my insights in the past through working with me one-on-one. I welcome you to register to learn what successful brands are doing to get it right. And if there's anyone in your personal network that you feel should also attend, let them know now because we have a cap on how many people we can host through the platform that we are using to bring the masterclass to you. My hope with this episode is that it will open your mind to think about your relationship with content and whether you feel that what was shared in this episode could help you to step it up to ensure that what you intend to accomplish with your company to connect deeper with your ideal client is in fact what your content strategy is positioned to do. If you found this episode to be valuable, I ask that you subscribe to this podcast on the Apple, Android and Spotify platforms. Search the Transform Your Confidence Show on YouTube at the Open Chess Confidence Academy. And if you're an avid reader, we're also transcribing every podcast into a blog, which can be accessed at theopenchessconfidenceacademy.com forward slash media forward slash hour dash media. And please share with your networks so others can garner the insights that I bring into each carefully curated show each week. And I invite you to join me in my private Facebook group at Transform Your Confidence, where I share knowledge and resources about mindset, media, communications, branding, marketing, leadership, and advocacy for busy executives and entrepreneurs like you who are seeking to elevate the quality of their life. I pop into the group regularly to answer questions that the members may have on any of these topics. So hop on over. It's free and insightful and full of great networking opportunities with people from around the world who, like you, are seeking to grow and level up and accomplish the next big thing in their lives. And as always, thanks for tuning in, guys. Until next episode, take care of yourself. Thank you so much for staying till the end. I really hope you enjoyed the show. Before you leave, I would love for your support by subscribing to my show and letting everyone you know know about it and have them come take a listen. 
I would sincerely appreciate you joining me at LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Search Raj Gurn and the Open Chess Confidence Academy. Until next week, I hope you continue to cultivate your own ecosystem so that everyone in and around it is empowered by your mission to elevate them all. See you next week.